Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. As Paul signs off this short letter, he uh, again makes an appeal to Philemon. Very powerful. He, here's how Paul frames the issue. Here he is. Paul has met Onesimus, a runaway slave of Philemon's, and he shares the gospel with him. He sees Onesimus get saved, and then he sees the, the evidence of the new birth in Onesimus' life. He has a desire to love God and to serve others, and he wants to do the right thing. And after discipling him for a while, Paul says, you know what you need to do, Onesimus? You need to do the right thing. You need to go back to your master. But you're not going back as just a slave. You're going back as a brother in Christ because he's a believer. I know him. And now you're a believer and y'all are brothers in Jesus Christ. Now, it says something of Onesimus' character that he was willing to do that. But Paul set up and facilitated the process. And so Paul writes to Philemon. He knows him well. He knows him personally. He, he's been in his home, and he wants to be in his home again. Prepare a guest room for me. So there's a relationship there between Paul and Philemon. And Paul says to Philemon, If you consider me a partner, then welcome him like you would welcome me. That's the positive part of this. Uh, you know, whenever you have an issue between people, you've got to look at the person and you've got to look at the problem. And when it comes to Paul framing this issue, when it comes to the person, he says, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. And then when it comes to the problem, he says, if he's wronged you in any way, if he's done anything wrong, charge it to my account and I will repay it. Now, Paul confirms that he's writing this letter in his own hand, and he says, I will repay it. What is Paul doing? Paul is coming between these two men, and he's demonstrating the gospel. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? We, we were in debt to God. We had broken God's law, and we were in trouble. And uh, here comes Jesus to stand in the gap, And he brings us and God together and he says, Father, charge it to my account. I'll repay you. I'll pay the penalty for the crime. That's exactly what Paul is modeling and demonstrating in this relationship between Onesimus and Philemon. Not only that, but you see that there's giving and receiving to every relationship. There in verse 19, look at what he says. Paul says, you know, I will repay it. And then he says, not to mention to you that you owe me even your very self. And for that, for that one statement right there, many believe that not only did Paul lead Onesimus to the Lord, but many believe that somewhere back in the past, Paul must have shared the gospel with Philemon too. And that's why he was saying that you owe me even your very self. And so here he says in verse 19, refresh my heart, or in verse 20, yes, my brother, may I benefit from you, the Lord, refresh my heart in Christ. And so there is giving and receiving in a relationship. A relationship's a two-way street. It's mutual. And so Paul is saying, look, I have, I have shared with you before, and now I'm asking you to share with me. And then he makes this amazing statement. 
Matter of fact, uh, when I read Philemon, even years ago when I read Philemon, this stood out to me and it still stands out to me. It's verse 21 where Paul says, I am confident of your obedience. Now think about that for a minute. I am confident of your obedience. When it comes to trust, when it comes to integrity, when you know someone and you know they'll do the right thing, that's confidence, that's integrity, that's trust. And that is what Paul has with Philemon. Paul says to Philemon, I am confident that you'll do the right thing. I'm confident that you will obey Christ. Now, how could Paul say that? You know why he could say that? Number one, he knew Philemon. And number two, he had seen Philemon make right choices in the past. He knew his track record. He knew his history. And that made all the difference in the world. He says, I'm confident of your obedience in Christ. That's why I'm writing to you. That's why I know you'll do even more than I say. And that's why I'm asking you to prepare a guest room for me. Paul can be bold because he knows the integrity of of this man named Philemon. So that begs the question this morning, and this is where I want to get to, is how do spiritual young adults, and you might say, well, how do you know if you're a spiritual young adult? Well, it's the stage between being a spiritual child where you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and grow in your salvation and a spiritual parent, someone who has gone out and shared the gospel with others and now is bringing someone up behind them and they're walking the same road that you have already walked. But the spiritual young adult is someone who's somewhere in between. They're growing in their faith. They desire to be a leader in their home. They, they want to be a Christian influence in the workplace. They want to live out the call of God on their life and be the person that God wants them to be. And they've experienced a few victories, but they're still learning, what else do I need to do? A spiritual young adult has to grow in integrity. How do they do that? Number one, apply the work of Christ to your life. Apply the work of Christ to your life. You know, as I was studying this letter called Philemon, one of the criticisms of it, if you will, and I say it that way because when you begin to really dig into your Bible, you'll find out that uh, some books people question, well, why did that get put in the Bible? I mean, you look at this short little letter called Philemon, it, you can print it on a postcard. Why is this little thing in the Bible? Well, I can tell you why. Even though it doesn't ever mention, um, you know, um, the cross of Christ and, and his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection, the only thing it talks about, uh, it mentions the name Christ uh, two or three times or a few, but, but here's the reason why it's in the Bible, is because it's a demonstration of the gospel and how it changes relationships. Here is Philemon, a man who owns a slave called Onesimus who does something wrong and runs away from his master. And then enter Paul. Paul had already knew Philemon, had shared the gospel with him. Now Paul encounters Onesimus, shares the gospel with him, and then he stands in the gap and he brings these two men together and he models Jesus Christ. He models the work of Christ on the cross. He says, welcome him as you would welcome me. And if he's done anything wrong, charge it to my account. I will repay. That's exactly 
what we will experience when we get to heaven someday. We will see the, the complete picture of that. We will be able to enter into heaven, not because of anything you and I have done, but because of the work of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, Jesus will be able to say to the Father, welcome them as you've welcomed me because I have paid their account. It's been charged to me. I died for their sin. I paid for their salvation with my own blood. When you and I apply the work of Christ to our life, then we can grow in integrity. I love this story. A little boy had a new boat that he carried to the river. He was so excited he couldn't wait. He had a long string, and all at once he got it out there, and the current caught it, and he tried to pull it in, and the string broke. And off went that little boat. Well, he searched and searched and searched. He told his friends. They all searched. But the current was so strong, it just went away. Then a few days went by, and he saw his boat in a store window. He went to the manager, and he said, Sir, that's my boat in the window. I made it. And he said, Sorry, son. Somebody brought it in this morning. If you want it, you'll have to pay a dollar for it. The little boy used all of his savings, counted every little coin in his piggy bank, and he bought that boat. And you know what he said when he walked out? He says, now you're twice mine. First I made you, and now I bought you. And you know what? That's what Jesus Christ has done for us. He made us, and he has bought us, and we're his. And because we are his, we apply the work of Christ to our lives that's the first thing. The second thing I want you to get when it comes to growing in integrity is be a blessing to others. Be a blessing to others. Notice again there in verse 20, Paul says, Yes, brother, may I benefit from you in the Lord. He's talking about spiritual blessings. Refresh my heart in Christ. Now, why would Paul say that? Well, I'll tell you why Paul would say that. Go back up to verse 7. At the very beginning of the letter, in verse 7, Paul is talking about Philemon, and he says, For I have great joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. In other words, Philemon, I've heard, uh, I've heard a little bit about what God's doing in your life and in your ministry, and what I've heard is, is that you have been a, you've been a blessing to other people. You have refreshed the hearts of the saints there where you live, and now I'm asking you to refresh my heart too. Do you see that? And so, be a blessing to others. Refresh my heart in Christ. You know, when we apply the work of, the, of, of, of Christ uh, to our lives, then we become others-focused and not me-centered. And we seek to be a blessing to others, knowing that God has blessed us, and we're just going to be that channel that lets it pass through. You know, they say there's two bodies of water in Israel. There is the Jordan River, and there is the Dead Sea. The Jordan River is a channel. The water just keeps flowing. The Dead Sea is a reservoir. It just goes there and it gets stuck and there's nothing. It's really a picture of a giver and a taker. When you and I choose to give and be a blessing to others, then the blessing of God just flows to us and through us and we just become a channel. We become a channel of God's blessing. He blesses us because we're blessing others. He continues to bless us. But when we begin to hold on to it, when we begin to focus on ourselves, then you see the effects of the Dead Sea. 
So how do you grow in integrity? Apply the work of Christ to your life. Be a blessing to others. And the last thing, continue to obey God's word. Continue to obey God's word. Paul said in verse 21, Since I am confident of your obedience. I tell you what, it's amazing to me that Paul had the confidence, had the trust in Philemon to say, you know, I am confident of your obedience. You know, you, you, you have to know people to believe in people. But when you know people and you believe in people and you believe they will do the right thing, not just because you got a good sentiment inside, but because you know their heart, you know their integrity, you've seen them make decisions before, and you believe they'll make the right decision the next time they have to make one, that says a lot about integrity. How do you grow in that? You have to keep obeying God's Word. Continue to obey God's Word. This time, next time, every time. Today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Continue to obey God's Word. When we keep obeying God's Word, then we will grow in our integrity. If we won't obey Him in the little things, we're not going to obey Him in the big things. And so it starts right where you are. Uh, In one of the Peanuts comic strips that you see in the newspaper, uh, Sally was struggling, struggling with her memory verse for Sunday. She was absorbed in her thoughts. She was trying to figure, out, uh, figure it out when she remembered maybe that Bible verse was something from the book of reevaluation. Well, you know there's no book of reevaluation. It's called the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. But she called it the book of eva- reevaluation. She never did remember her memory verse. But you know what? We should learn that the Bible is the book of reevaluation. We should read our Bibles with the intent of letting it reevaluate our attitude and our actions so that we can stay close to Jesus, so we can obey Him one day at a time, one step at a time, to be all that God is calling you and me to be. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but. This has been an amazing study for me because God wants us to grow in our integrity. When you get to the end of your life, nothing else will matter. What you had, what you achieved, it's going to be how you lived your life before God and your fellow man. Were you a person of integrity? And I don't know about you, but I encourage you this morning to make a decision to grow in your integrity. We have pathways today where you can improve your knowledge and you can improve your skills in no matter what field you want to go in as a profession. But we don't have enough opportunities that are obvious for us to grow our character. But when we become a child of God, when we become a Christian, that is God's number one priority, to make us more like Him to develop and grow us in integrity so that what we say and what we do, they match. I want to encourage you today to realize that this could be a defining moment for you. Maybe God's speaking to you. And I want you to realize the the difference that, that made a difference in Paul's life, in Philemon's life, in Onesimus' life. They realized that God became man in Jesus Christ. 
and that he lived the life that we should have lived and he died the death that you and I should have died. He took our place. He died for the sins of the world, including yours and mine. And when we uh, realize he's offering to us the free gift of eternal life and we come and we trust and follow Jesus, then we too can become children of God that grow up in integrity and become disciples who make disciples of Jesus Christ. Maybe God is calling you today to take that first step, to turn from whatever it is you're doing and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and follow Him. Maybe He's calling you to take the next step. Maybe you have been saved, but you've never been baptized, and you need to take that next step of obedience called believer's baptism. Go public with your faith and let everybody know what He's done in your life. Maybe it's to join the church and become an active part of the, of the body here. Maybe it's to get involved in a Sunday school class, a small group Bible study where you can get connected and feel like you're a part of the family of God. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe, maybe God is nudging you to get involved in some ministry or, or, or some form of service to get involved. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, you don't hear this much anymore, Brother Don, do you? But maybe God's calling people to the gospel ministry. And maybe you've never thought about that, but maybe he is. And you need to pray about that. All I can tell you is, if God calls you, you'll know. Because you can try to do anything and everything else, but if he's calling you to do that, you'll know and you can't run from it. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you need to be willing to take that next step of faith and obedience and trust him. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact a pastor, please visit phbcsomerset.com.